0: All right, getting started a minute early because there is a lot of news to fit in. I could not have any guests this week. There's too much news. There's too much to do. There's a lot going on. Um, It's funny. When I started this show in the fall of, I guess it was, yeah, the fall of 2021. Jeez. When I started it, I had no idea that guests would be a component. Um, Really, I think the first 30, maybe 40 episodes of Hashgraph Enthusiast News and Rumors um, was literally just me talking about the news um, with a couple friends as well that would stop by the show. But as it's grown, like once we moved it um, early, early last year, I think it was, Last year in the spring, we moved it from Clubhouse to Twitter Spaces. Um, And it's funny, like, now that we've grown to, you know, hundreds, you know, maybe a thousand listeners per episode on Twitter Spaces, um, it's really cool that when I find something interesting and I think there's maybe something to uncover that the Hedera community should know or learn, I can just reach out to somebody in the community, shoot them a message and say, hey, would you like to come on the show? And I have to say, most of the time, people are like, yeah, great. And and I say, see you at seven on Sunday. Um, and they're like, okay, see you then. And sure enough, on Sunday, they tune in, they hop up. We have a great convo. Um, but I never really expected it. But having guests on the show has been um, a really big component. And the thing is, when I have a guest on the show... The, you know, the show usually runs for like, sometimes literally almost two hours, the show will run too. So it's just for me, this show has kind of continued to grow and grow and grow and grow. But I think that most importantly, it it's kind of remained the same. I mean, it's the same time every week, it's me talking about Hedera stuff. Um, and I think that's kind of what it's going to continue to be. I kind of just want to build on that. So I have some exciting announcements to share today, Um, but I mean, there's also just a bunch of exciting stuff happening um, in the ecosystem, and I think that you know the title of this space is "When Did This Happen." Um, I find myself doing that quite a bit in the Hedera community right now. Um, We've we talked about this trend later, like late last year, of kind of like, um when i started again when i started this show it was sometimes hard to fill an hour i'll be honest with you like in late 2021 early 2022 it was sometimes hard to fill an hour to be honest now i have to cut things out i have to kind of pick and choose a little bit to what, what to fit into the hour hour and a half now and especially this first month of of 2023 I'm asking myself, when did this happen? Like I'm looking at this project and that project and this community and that community and seeing some things happen. Like recently I saw people tweeting about um the like Pengu Pals uh, or Penguin Pals metaverse thing. It's just kind of one of those things where I'm like, what, when did this happen? Like this is so cool. Um We have all these hips coming out that we'll talk about. Um, I see Patches is listening, so I might bring them up later. And just, I'm just kind of like reading through the timelines and reading through the news. I'm just kind of like, what, when did this happen? And um, so that's kind of uh, a point I want to make this episode is um, definitely do your best to keep up with everything that's happening. But I will say that you're going to often, you know, especially if you're a graph enthusiast, and you're trying to stay, you know, on the bleeding edge of what's happening. You're going to start asking yourself, what did this happen? You know? And I think that what I'm, going to be focused on is trying to st- go as deep as I can into the things that that I'm interested in but also keep open for some of these things that come into the peripheral and not be afraid to kind of dive into those as well you'll again you only have so much time you can spend learning about this stuff so hopefully we can kind of keep up with all of this together um, and we got quite a bit of things to talk about today so let's just get to it good evening from ottawa canada everyone my name is brandon davenport and i'm a developer artist and creative agency owner at dirksen davenport incorporated and like all of you i'm a hashgraph enthusiast and i created this twitter community and weekly spaces so we've got our own spot to stay up to date get connected share knowledge and insights and welcome to hashgraph news and rumors episode 63 when did this happen where we talk about the top stories covering everything related to HBAR and Hedera Hashgraph every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. This is a top-level overview of the news. The thread is at the top of the spaces. You can click into that, and you can kind of read through all the different stories. Um, So we're just going to go over everything and get everybody up to speed as we head into Monday. Um, And if you have something interesting that I should check out or talk about, use the little comment button in the bottom right of the spaces. Ping me, notify me, ask a question, let me know what's going on. Share the spaces. The more, the merrier. Let people know you're listening. Um, And I mean, the Hashgraph enthusiast Twitter community is taking off. And besides my weekly news and rumors, I'd love to see more conversations happening. So uh, we have a Twitter community. It's in the spaces. Check it out. We've got moderators from Swirls in there. It's a vibe. Get into it. Um, And as I said, you know, the show continues to grow to, you know, hundreds and sometimes thousands of listeners. So, I want to continue to invest the time. I have some plans. I have some cool announcements to talk about. Um, and I just truly love doing this. But if you want to support the growth of the show, you can send an HBAR donation to enthusiast.hbar using your Hedera wallet. If the community wants to take this show to another level, we can do it together. That's enthusiast.hbar. I really appreciate it. So first I'll share a big announcement. Um, and then we'll dive into some exciting updates from the Hashverse. So I have been hearing from people in the Hedera community, you know, it's awesome, the shows on Twitter spaces, a lot of people love that it's live, you know, having a live component to it feels exciting, you know, and people also love listening to the recording um, on Twitter spaces. But a lot of folks have been like, could we do this show? Like, we listen to it on, let's say, Spotify, or Apple Music. Um, could maybe some of these Twitter threads be presented in kind of like a blog post that's a little more robust and kind of has some more dynamic elements to it? So I'm happy to announce um, very soon I'm going to be bringing this show also to Spotify um, and Apple mute, Apple Podcasts. So what does that mean? Well, basically, it's going to be the exact thing that you hear on Twitter spaces, uncut, um, and that's going to be put on Spotify and Apple music or Apple podcasts. So that way, if you have, I, I get that there's so many different people that are interested in Hedera and interested in keeping up with everything happening in the kind of hashgraph enthusiast world that don't have Twitter and maybe um, aren't used to Twitter spaces. I think having the show on Apple podcasts and Spotify podcasts will be really helpful. And I mean, you know, some people you're like many people tuning in. Now it's like, it's just handy, you know, all your other stuff's there. Why isn't this show there? So uh, now again, it's going to, it's going to sound the exact same as it does now. I mean, I don't sound great. I'm one of these people that has like the wired Apple um, headphones. So I don't even have AirPods yet. Um, But I think that you know the show will continue to grow. I just want to get it out to some more people, make it easier to tune in. And as usual, it'll always be live on Twitter Spaces. So I'm not going to be pre-recording anything. So um, that's an exciting development. I'll have more updates to share on that. Other exciting developments um, is Saucer Swap just hit 100 million total trade volume. So what does that mean? Well, Basically, 100 million um, American buckaroos worth of things, tokens, have been transacted and traded and moved around through SaucerSwap. So that's equivalent to 1.4 billion HBAR, which is over 5% of the circulating supply. That's a lot. 100 million, right? From zero to 100 million. Saucer SaucerSwap launched, I think, in... Geez, late September, October. So, you know, it's kind of one of these things where it's like five or six months, right? From zero to a hundred. That's kind of crazy. And that's not even talking about um, Stater, right? Or uh, the recently launched um, HeliSwap or uh, Pangolin decks. There's all sorts of different things happening. H-Suite, Lemonade, um, all of these different, DEXs and DeFi products coming to the ecosystem. We're going to start seeing these numbers continue to go up and up and up and up. Um, I left a comment, you know, when's next? You know, one billion would probably be next at some point. It'd be kind of be crazy to see one billion transacted through saucer swap. But as we've seen with other elements, of the network, um, things could get a little bit exponential. You know, for example, um, account creation, um, Day four. So this was posted on February 4th. So yesterday, um, from H Um, he says day four of February and we're already at 30% of Hedera account creations compared to January's all time high of two, almost 250,000 accounts. So 72,000 accounts have been created within the first four days of February on Hedera. So that's really crazy. That's, that's kind of like a hundred percent increase. And, um, there's a lot of interesting, breadcrumbs around what that could be that i've seen obviously we have lithos doing their ashfall um, comic right which is when you create an account on hedera that also could mean that it's an nft right so and also those are people minting nfts when we when we look at um you know what, what lithos is doing with ashfall it's a really big deal. They have a major TikTok influencer. They have a lot of people coming over from the, you know, what we call web two world using their, you know, debit and credit cards to purchase an NFT minted on Hedera through a product called CoinZoom. And those are, you know, tens of thousands of accounts are being created. Like, okay, it looks like that may actually be tens of thousands of Hedera accounts created for people holding these comics from lithos for ashfall so that's kind of that's some real numbers but also i've seen conversations surrounding could it also be um some other use case coming online i don't know i mean it just makes sense that it's um what lithos is doing um the other interesting thing that i saw recently is the amount of topic ids created on the network obviously we have a, a topic id that is utilized by Avery Denison for Atma.io, it's driving you know, hundreds of transactions per second on the network. But we're also seeing a sharp increase of topic ID creations, which means that there's some use case, and these are being launched on the mainnet, there's some use case or some product or application or company doing something to bring something live, right, to use the Hedera consensus service. And it's been rumored that um, it might be um, H suite, right. H bar suite with their, with their decks. That could be one of them. It could also be the coupon bureau, right? Because when you think about the coupon use case and we've talked about it, you know, over and over and over again, um, on the show, it could very well be for the coupon bureau, right? For SKU X or, or, um, what's the Q cupels or whatever the other product is. Anyways, Makes sense if it was coupons. The the other interesting thing is folks have said, um, maybe it's also just more things happening with Avery Dennison and Atma.io. Interestingly, people have kind of looked through the transactions and what accounts made these topic IDs and all these different types of things. And there really isn't any, um, there isn't anything to that, that would point to Avery Dennison or IO creating these topic IDs in the same way that we saw connections with the current topic ID pushing TPS. So what is it? We don't know. There's accounts being created. There is topic IDs being created. There are things happening on the mainnet um, with huge increases, right? Like we just saw, we talked last week, Zeus Market just hit 125 million total volume. Not dollars, but HBAR. But still, big stuff. This is big stuff. Also. Um, in the NFT space, speaking of that stuff, Stock Twits, which is a uh, Twitter account that kind of talks about um, things bubbling to the surface in the NFT space um, and all these different types of things, they post a chart on a regular basis that highlights um, the standing of each network of their respective 24-hour NFT volume. And there's a left side and there's a right side, just because it's a column, right? There's really no difference between the left side and the right side. It just goes sequentially top to bottom. But there's kind of a meme now where it's like, did you make it from the right side of the list to the left side? And Hedera made it to the left side, which basically means in the last 24 hours as of February 1st um, on that day, there was $75,000 worth of um, volume on the NFT market, largely driven by Earthlings. Um, and Hangry Barboons, which, you know, stock to its reports. And that's big. I mean, the NFT space continues to grow. Um, things continue to evolve. Um, and it's it's just a big deal. I mean, we ha- we have to all you know, we have to look at the mainnet and go, okay, TPS is up. We saw that kind of quote unquote step function. Um, and you know, when we look at the mainnet, when we look at the TPS, it jumped up in January, like mid to late January, we saw it hit that, you know, 500 consistently. Uh, we dipped down around the 24 or, you know, 22nd, 24th. Uh, we, re- we went back up, we dipped back down again, we're back up. But when you average it out, when you look at, you know, the month of January, it's, it's pretty much 960 million transactions, right? So, and that's with the step function occurring around the 12th. So, to me, it's pretty clear that, you know, every 20 to 30 days, we're going to see 1 billion transactions added to the mainnet. So, that's pretty insane. Like, it's been, it was years, right, of, of, of low double-digit, single-digit transactions on the mainnet, and us going around and talking about how, you know, Hedera's going to change the world, and that you know we're capped at ten thousand transactions per second it was kind of weird there was a disconnect right now we don't have that anymore you look at it we're number one feels good I like it um i'm gonna I'm gonna invite uh, patches up real quick if you have time patches I'd love to talk with you about some new hips because uh, and, and I've talked about this with some people in the ecosystem and there's something really important about Hedera and about the, you know, Hashgraph enthusiast community that heading into this year, 2023, it's going to be so important to educate each other about HIPS, right? HIPS, you know, stands for Hedera Improvement Proposal. And this is the way that regular people like you and me can change the way that the Hedera network functions. And understanding how that process works, it it doesn't mean you need to be a developer and, and, you know, be submitting a HIP or um, have that in your timeline at all. It's just understanding how that works and knowing how that process functions and why um, it's in place is a really, really important thing. And I think that um, the more that people understand about the HIP process, the better um and patches it's awesome to have you up here i know that you've been working really hard on uh, you know a couple hips there's a couple really i mean there's there's so many hips but there's two really important ones i want to talk about which is the the um updating of metadata and the kind of like token inbox for unassociated tokens um but how are you doing it's sunday we're heading into monday um you know and what's going on in in uh hip land what are you really excited about
1: yeah, I'm glad I could finally uh be here at one of these uh one of these spaces. Um Yeah man. I'm actually under the weather uh just throughout the day. I've been getting worse, so just sitting on the couch with my pup. I was like, Yeah, I'll pop on here. Right <laughs> sort on. Of, sort of like getting something positive done. Um but yeah, there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of good stuff happening. I think the biggest one, at least the most controversial, is the uh unsolicited token inbox. Um, so, this was written by uh, Nick Nick Noon and co-authored by Lehman Baird, um, but the intent is, and I think like the main thing we need to solve as um, L1 is how does a creator asynchronously airdrop an NFT without the user having to associate first? And so, yeah, sorry, if you have questions, so like, yeah, just cut me off.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say, so this is, this is really big. And for anybody that's, that's listening that maybe isn't like, you know, a level 10 Hashgraph enthusiast or whatever, all maybe right. you're new to the network, maybe you're just checking it out. Like a unique thing about the network is we have token association, which basically means that you need to give consent to the network to receive something uh, within a token ID. So all these, you know, cryptos and coins and NFTs and all these things on the network, all have their own respective token IDs. And if you and if you um, want to receive something, you gotta associate it with it. So it's nice because you're not gonna get spam in your wallet and people sending you unsolicited stuff and getting all sorts of crap in your wallet. I don't think enterprises would appreciate that very much. But it creates a challenge because it means that you also just can't send people stuff, which a lot of use cases need to have. So what this hip does is it basically i guess it just creates i'm calling it kind of like an inbox in your wallet where you're it's kind of like you know you've got mail kind of thing i guess that's what it is i and i understand why it can be a little controversial but what's the conversation around it been like
1: yeah the some people are just like hey we don't need it <laughs> this is kind of a, it's like um i think the the main uh argument is that this is big like it's essentially creating an, an account for uh, every account, right? You have a, you have a, yeah, an inbox where the, you can get spam into the inbox. It can get bloated. Um, and there's some people who don't want to like be tasked with going through their inbox and making sure they accept the things they, they do want and deny things they don't. But I think the biggest argument is the over-engineering of the account and how much extra code this is going to do. Um, for the L1, because this is, this is, you know, again, it's a, it's a pretty big mechanism. Um, I definitely think we need it. And the main reason is the asynchronous sending of tokens. So, so I need to be able to send something to an account without that account knowing I'm sending it. Um, and I, I like the inbox idea because I think it gets the best of all worlds where you have to associate for it to go right into the account. If you don't, it goes into this inbox where you can accept or deny. And then I'm proposing that there's a flag where you can just say deny all. And if you say deny all, then you don't have to go through any of your spam. It all denies everything that's not associated. So it works exactly as it does today. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's where it sits. It It's looking uh good i don't know (laughs) i think you know there's a lot i've added a lot of comments and thoughts to it but i think the 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 coolest thing that me from hashpack added into the hip discussion was that you should be able to also pay for the associate transaction and so oh right
0: so when you're i get it okay so the person accepting it doesn't necessarily it's it's kind of like it's on the house a little bit
1: Right. And the biggest ad there is that empty wallets can have NFTs. So you, you hear need bar.
0: This it's is, this, I get what you're saying now. This is, on one side, this kind of fixes a bunch of problems that many use cases experience, like a bunch of um, shortfalls that they have to work around. And then you start to see all these folks building these kind of clever workarounds, but you kind of don't want to do that too much because you, you, then you glom on a bunch of stuff and you, you're creating all these kind of arguably like L2 type functionalities and stuff. But on the other side, yeah, this is like a, what you're saying is like not a complete overhaul, but like a complete rethink of what a Hedera account is and what it's constructed of kind of.
1: Right. Yeah. And it, it, it will fundamentally change all accounts if it goes through um, and
0: how so this, so this wouldn't be like an opt-in thing. Like it wouldn't be like, do you want to update your Hedera account? This would kind of be something where it's like, now this is how the network functions.
1: Yeah. Preferably. Cause otherwise we've done nothing. Right. <laughs> right. Cause right. If it's not you, gotta, uh, you still on, have to
0: associate basically.
1: <laughs> it's a, exactly. And you'd probably have to pay to turn it on. So mm. um, yeah. And then like, I, I know some people are like, well, why don't you just have like, Hey, I can accept all without association or none. And I don't like that either. I'm like, we already have that. It's called auto association. And we already saw that being used maliciously and it will be more in the future. So a lot of nuance. uh, But that I think is the coolest hip currently. Um, Though if you're an NFT creator, you might care much more about the immutable metadata hip.
0: Yeah, this this is big because NFTs on Hedera are really great, whereas they, you know, they don't need smart contracts. They operate the same as you know an H-bar would sending them back and forth really quick, really inexpensive. It's really inexpensive to mint them. They're really fantastic. And by nature, they're immutable, which is also really great. You know, the stuff in your wallet isn't gonna disappear. It's it's awesome. But there's a lot of fun things people like to do. Uh, with nfts where you open up your wallet one day and there's something new inside your nft or the image changed i know orbis 86 is listening and um you know their team is is you know working on nfts where you do the mint everyone has the same picture but then later on everyone gets surprised with their final artwork and stuff and these kinds of things on other networks are so exciting you can also think of business use cases for these but it's going to take a hip and I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts on, uh, on this hit? Cause I'm really excited about this one.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's essentially like exactly what you're saying. Orbis, I was really excited to see how they're going to do it. Um, assuming they'll use like IPNS or something where you just repoint a CID of IPFS, lot of acronyms in there, but you just like say, Hey, the data's over there. And then it changes without having to actually change the NFT, um, that's that's a method and we also saw uh meta wizards um they did a dynamic nft like that where they actually had a wipe key on the initial and then airdrop the next and wiped out the previous token as a way to do the the slow reveal but with the metadata key all of that's going to get much 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 easier and it'll just be um a call of nft uh nft i think uri update or something and you just use the metadata key and you'll be able to adapt all of the metadata um, fields in all of the NFTs that are currently out. And so that that is where it'll get really easy to do the things that people can do in smart contracts. So again, bringing HTS to kind of normalize and be paired uh, or have parity that, that other networks would expect uh, without having to do any external things in the infrastructure or repointing. Um, but rather you can, you know, again, just mass update. Um, all of the NFT metadata to the reveal that you would like it to be.
0: That's so awesome. Now, a question I often get is, will this be, um, uh, so maybe first I'll ask, how does this actually work? Because if, you know, again, if folks aren't familiar, as we were talking about before, when you mint NFTs, let's say you mint a hundred of these NFTs, all of those are inside one token ID and you've got, the metadata that contr- that, that um, is like the DNA for your NFT, but the token that they're all inside of has its own settings. So if I'm correct, is this just changing one of those keys on the token ID or is this adding a new key on the token ID?
1: It would be adding a new key called a metadata key. Ooh! So That's you'd big. be able to opt in uh, or out at the beginning, which is really cool. And then uh, the other HIP that we have out um, is for the supply key to be able to edit metadata, um, which is really helpful because every NFT project has a supply key. Um, You need it to mint onto the token ID. And so anything that has minted, if they've kept their supply key, which I hope, they will also have the ability to update the metadata as long as the NFT is sent back to the treasury wallet
0: right okay so just to unpack that a little more is that's a question i kept getting is oh this is so cool i can update my metadata maybe there's you know that that one piece of artwork that was just bugging me that i I needed to fix on those couple ones that i did or something what you're saying is retroactively older collections could have a collector send their nft back to the treasury wallet they could do a little flip on the metadata and send it back is what you're saying
1: Right, without burning the serial number and minting a new one, which is how you have to do it currently.
0: That's really great. And then with this metadata key, are you so this is basically the ability to update the metadata for NFTs remotely that are held in other people's wallets? Correct. Wow. Correct. That's and really the, cool.
1: The, the biggest thing, because to my understanding, this is really boolean on every other blockchain or network where. You can either update the metadata or you can't. Depending on the smart contract, the metadata URI can be updated or can't. And um, the smart contract can be updated. Uh, you can trust, I guess, if someone says they've deleted the, the, the method in which they update the smart contract. But here, what we're going to have is a guaranteed immutable NFT when not in the treasury wallet. And so uh, a good example is if I'm playing a game and I rack up a bunch of points and stats and items, and that's in the metadata that when I'm playing the game, the NFT is being updated by the treasury wallet. And then I, I deconnect from that platform and I want to go sell it on the secondary market. I can guarantee that the value I've earned that is currently displayed in metadata on that NFT cannot change remotely. So on the secondary market, you know, no one can like change your data to, you know, if you're great friends with the creator, make it really good for secondary market, they can't change it to, you know, hey, they see you're cutting the floor, so they change your data, you know, and then when you're buying on the secondary market, you don't have a fear of anything changing, You you understand, it is immutable, which I think is a really big benefit for not just like that example in gaming. But like get to enterprise escrow contracts, um, get into you know things that need to be able to be updated when there's multiple signatures, but then not changed at all unless those multiple signatures come back. And I, I think that's that's where um, that we're going to see some really cool innovation that uses this this method.
0: I love that. Before we move on to the rest of the news, um, I saw that uh, Sonya Orbis eighty six had a question. Uh, maybe for you patches Uh, how's it going good to have you on the on the show for the first time what's your question hey
2: brandon thanks for having me up here hey uh, a couple of things so patches i know you brought up uh, ipns we had actually explored a 412 but it seemed like hip 412 only supports ipfs and http and https it didn't actually support ipns when I last checked it. So that's why we are doing metadata storage uh, off-chain. So, you know, we'll have the URI and then the URI, basically we're updating the metadata. Um, I have a question with the new metadata key that's coming up. And by the way, if IPNS is supported, please let me know. Because last time I checked, uh, IPNS was not there in the spec. I was like, oh, you know, shoot, we can't use IPNS because that's something we would have used on ETH. That's my first question. And then the second one I had was with the metadata key, um, obviously, just like you know, the set metadata URI on Ethereum contracts, at times that could be abused uh, because people could update that. I have a very popular um, NFT collection on OpenSea, like Shell Orbs, and they recently so the NFTs were already revealed. They had a thousand NFTs pending, and then they did a, um um uh, they did a drop with OpenSea, you know, partners with OpenSea. <laughs> But uh, they actually put uh, the the 8,000 NFTs or 9,000 NFTs that were already revealed, they actually just put them all back into an unrevealed state. And now when I check it out in my wallet, it says, oh, I have to go on Twitter and verify. And the founder is my friend. I want to reach out to him and tell him that, you know, dude, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> but uh, well, at least they're not rugging. But, you know, I can see how if the owners can... Like on Ethereum, you can actually lock a contract, right? So when that contract is locked, after that, there is there are no further changes possible. Now I know on Hedera, with this being, um, um, you, you know, with this just being a native token, these keys that we have, I know there's also probably a free key, but I was wondering, like, with the metadata key, just to avoid anyone from further, um, exploiting it, will there also be a way to just lock? you know, this whole thing from not making any changes.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the back, uh, the backstory. The first for IPNS, I, so I think in the, in 4.12, those are like the ideas or suggest like the, yeah, these are the suggested things, but since then, you know, our weave has come out. Um, it's really more a question about the support in hash pack and, excuse me, Zeus and marketplaces. Um, the spec probably should have avoided trying to specify because honestly, anything can go in there as long as it makes sense for the reader. Like, so it's a proprietary protocol for some, you know, uh, I, I saw humans.ai. You might talk about that, Brandon, but if, if it's that protocol, then, you know, you can put that in there for sure. Um, the, the, what you've described is definitely the the methods I've, I've understood of ETH where like, yeah, you can then unlock it, but then there's no unlock, which is why I think the, The mechanism of the treasury wallet can always adapt only if you send it back is really neat but you can there is another hip (laughs) that is out um, that will allow any key that is on the token id to be removed by itself and so you could technically do that today but you you replace it with an empty key list and so when you're in hash pack it still shows admin key let's say if you're trying to remove an admin key so what you're going to be able to do is remove completely. um, And then, you know, even, even if like at some point you need to remove the supply key, a key can remove itself from a token ID. So that's, that's another hip and that's been out for a while. So I'm hoping that gets, um, gets going soon. Uh, But yeah, that's, that would have make it immutable. Then after that point, you can remove the metadata key after reveal if if that's a, a mechanic that you want and guarantee immutability afterwards.
0: That's awesome. Knowledge sharing, knowledge spreading, um, answers to questions being provided. Um, Sonia, thanks so much for coming up. Did you have any uh, other questions on this or or anything to share?
2: Just one last question. So the way I look at it, we are adding keys as functions, right? So obviously, you know, we have on Ethereum, it's smart contracts, so you can add new functions and that's how they extend on the 721. I was wondering if uh, smart contracts for NFT mints, do you guys see that becoming? popular anytime soon i know nftr already does that but then with smart contracts we get into all of those issues with people not knowing what's there in a smart contract so i want to really hear from you brandon from patches that how do you think uh, we'll address that in future because the nature of nfts that's going to keep changing i don't know if adding a key and getting through a hip all the time is uh, going to be like you know the most feasible way forward so i'd love to just hear your thoughts on that and I'll I'll switch to listening.
0: <laughs> yeah, so my, my thoughts on it are maybe a little bit controversial. Everyone's familiar with Adobe Flash, right? And Flash, well, I guess I shouldn't say everybody. I mean, there's maybe some some kids in here that are they're a little younger, maybe 20 or something like that. Basically, Adobe Flash is like when you were using the internet in you know early you know, maybe like 2005, six, seven, all the way up until, I don't know, we were probably using flash like till 2012 or something. It was because a web browser couldn't play a video or play audio or have animations or play a game on the internet. So you had to have this layer on top to allow it to do that. And um, when we saw YouTube, you know, offer HTML five video and, um, now, now, we don't even use Flash. Adobe's discontinued it. We, it's not required anymore. But it was so important to, to, to jumpstart so much creativity and innovation. And in my mind, um, I do view sometimes Solidity and smart contracts within that context. Not to say that they're not important, but that's what's jumpstarted a lot of this innovation in the Web3 space. Um, but I do think that I find Hadera's approach interesting because as patches has highlighted, it's right on um, the native layer with a lot of these functions. Uh, but like you highlight Sonia, it's like, how do we approach it now? That's a completely different way of approaching it. How do we navigate all these changes and updates and unique needs of every um, project or use case? It's not like we can change the whole network to accommodate one use case. So, there's got to be some more growth in that way. We're still, we still really need um, solidity and smart contracts, and will for a very long time. But um, that's how I view it. Maybe a bit of a hot take, um, but patches. Maybe I'll throw it to you.
1: Yeah, um, I, I see. I, I think we we align a little bit there. Um, I see this as a stepping stone, and I, I really do believe that Hedera network though you know you don't have the flexibility of making new functions and cranking it out um you know new dynamic ways of of execution it's secure and so when you sign or get an nft from hts there is zero chance that this is malicious and so building up the the tooling around the hedera network and getting the protocol to a level that you know, I, I see a future where the Hedera File Service, the Hedera Consensus Service, and the Hedera Token Service are created in one go that create a smart contract, where the Hedera File Service is the location that uh, describes the functions wanted in the smart contract. The Consensus Service is what documents the linear events, and the Token Service is what executes it. And so it's it's continually iterative. Um, and because, you know, ETH's been around an ETH plus years, Ah, uh, they're definitely you know solidity EVM that's not going in away away anytime soon. Um, I think Hedera is learning from them. Obviously, we have EVM compatibility. Uh, the RPC protocol is like JSON protocol is coming online soon. I just set up a MetaMask today and loaded in a Hedera wallet, which was crazy. It was cool. Um, so it's it's gonna you know I think it's gonna go both backwards compatibility, um, but then the future of Hedera I think is going to be normalizing these functions. Making them very easy for anyone to engage with, and you don't need to know Solidity. And then I, I think we get to a point where we start innovating on stuff you just can't do on Ethereum, not because or it's not smart people figuring it out, but because the mechanics of, a tr- of the trilemma problem disallow things like a you know, um, massive amount of, say, arbitrage through a smart contract uh, because of all of the cost of gas and fluctuations. But you can do it through an HTS um version smart contract or something like that.
0: I love that. I think that's great and that would this is I think this is such big stuff. I think we're going to be talking about even just these two hips in particular um for a while. Um it does take time for these to be added to the network if if it's determined by um parties need like some of these hips like patches I imagine that the the hip to um add that kind of like token inbox um, is going to take governing council approval. Right. So that means representatives from IBM, Google, Boeing, like are going to have to take a look at this and, and, and approve it to add it to the network.
1: All of the ones we've talked about are going to need to be approved by the council. Wow.
0: wow. This is big stuff. Okay. I got to get back into the news. I got to keep it rolling patches i really appreciate you coming up is there anything uh that you wanted to plug real quick
1: um yeah don't 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 miss out on dead pixels drop four and H Graph punks drop four is coming up soon
0: oh my goodness yeah dead p- wait let me check my calendar if i don't have this in my calendar i'm gonna lose my mind dead pixels okay. drop is 8 p.m eastern February 8th. It's in my calendar. I'm locked and loaded. I've got my Dead Pixels ghost pass. This is not financial advice. Uh, but it kind of, it is. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't say it. I'm, I'm I got ghosts. I just bought another ghost the other day. I, I'm, going, I'm going insane. So I love it. Patches, thank you so much. Please feel better. Please feel better. I'm glad you got your dog with you.
1: For sure. Thanks for having me up. All
0: right, guys. So we are going to trail on to the rest of the news in the Hashverse, bar land, all these different types of things. Um, and let's take a look at something interesting that's, uh, that's one of our top stories today. It involves staking, but not just any staking, staking with a ledger device, those little USB dongle ding-dongs that uh, you've got you know, in your office drawer. You've got your seed phrase safely written on a piece of paper or inscribed in metal stored somewhere safe. You're, you're a highly secure person, right? But you can't stake your H bar, right? That's the problem is people have been, you know, posting to Twitter, you know, you know, this is my 840th tweet to ledger, please enable native H bar staking. And if you don't know what native H bar staking is, it's great. You don't stake any H bar, you just tell the mainnet I am vouching for this node and that, and that's maybe Google or IBM or whatever it is, Avery Dennison, right? And that's all it is. You have still full control. You can switch nodes whenever you want. We've got community nodes coming soon too. So you'll start to see some of these community projects, maybe have a node on the main net, which is really cool. But in Ledger, you can't do that. Your H bar sits there, doesn't do anything. And you don't get that, you know, six or some odd, you know, APY and all those different types of things until now. So we did see an update from Hashpack. We talked about it last episode. They've been working with Ledger um, to bring staking to your Ledger device. So that means that you can go into your HBAR, your Hedera account that you have on Hashpack. And what you can do is you can choose the node you want to stake to, yada, yada, bada, boom. The ledger team is going to be working on that. It should be live in the next you know two months. That's great. What do we do until then? Well, I was sitting around, I was working away, and I saw a really interesting update from Yamgo. So, Yamgo, I think the CTO of Yamgo is Ryan Davies from AdSDAX. Anyways, OG Hadera use case. They were doing some of these micro reward/slash quasi-staking things back in 2021, I believe, uh, before the native Hedera HBAR staking came out, uh, before Stater. They were doing some interesting things. And they put out a tweet that said, you can stake with a Ledger device in their wallet. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, how does that work? What's going on there? Kind of everybody was kind of like, what's going on? How is this possible? And what they did was really, really clever is when you create a new Hedera account, there's things that can be configured with the account when it's created with the account creation function. And during that time, you can, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of like pre-stake your, your Hedera account. So you kind of tell the network I'm making this, it's going to be stakes to this node. Let's get it set up. And It works with Ledger devices. So when you go to create your Hedera account with a Ledger device, the process you're familiar with, it's just adding an extra step where you specify the node you want to stake your HBAR to. And what this means is then you have your Ledger device, you've got your Hedera account, you've got your HBAR stakes to the node of your choosing. Now, the problem is, is that this doesn't support obviously changing the node that you're staked to, right? Or um, stop your staking to a particular node. That's what's still being worked on, right? But the workaround is just stake it when you make the account. You may, you can't change it, right? You can't, it doesn't work with existing ledger accounts, right? But, for you know, it, you can stake your HBAR in your ledger account. You just have to make a new account, move your HBAR to it. And what I will say is be careful doing this, right? Most people hold a lot of their HBAR, or the majority of their HBAR on their Ledger wallet. And, you know, you have your private key and you've got your Ledger device and you're playing around with apps and these different things and wallets and stuff. So this is, if you want to do it this way and you don't want to wait another two months till it's fully baked in, again, you're going to need to create a new Hedera account with your Ledger. You're going to have to move all that HBAR from your one account to the other account. So if you're going to do this, Think it through, take your time. It's a bunch of H bar. be careful, right? Um, and in two months, the, the method to do this where you can just update your, your existing ledger account will happen, so just be careful. Um, and another really interesting development from this is, I would say within minutes of Yamgo posting this, uh, Tyler, CTO of Hashpack, um, engaged with this conversation on Twitter and, and was like, this is really interesting. How did you do this? Um, and knowledge was shared, right, between these two products on, in Hedera, these these two apps in Hedera, these two wallets. Um, I had Tyler on uh, our episode last week to talk about staking, or... Yeah, was it last week? I can't remember. I've had so many guests. Um, and I'm not kidding you. Within hours, Hashpack put out an update that brought this same functionality to Hashpack, and then they officially announced it the next day. So it was crazy. This was like a lightning 48 hours of... Um, waiting two months to bring staking to Ledger devices too. you can just do it now, right? It has to be a new Ledger account, but you can stake your H bar on Ledger, in Hashpack and Yamgo, because people got together and got creative and and uh, joined forces, and the community's a little better for it. So I might try it out. I've got my Ledger, I've got my Hashpack stuff. I've been, you know, I had a I had a great call at the Yamgo guys recently, just learning about some stuff they're doing good stuff and might stake some h bar with my ledger and just try it out i think that's great so again proceed with caution both hashpack and yamgo have guides that they've written up those are both linked in the post within the twitter thread within the spaces here at the top um but go check it out give it a try but again be careful right if you're if you're not super comfortable just leave your h bar sitting around wait the 2 months take it easy you know, but if you're feeling adventurous, give it a shot. Let me know how it goes. Also, Galaxy, the creator's Galaxy, um, has been making some news like I had a I had a call with solo. Um, when was that? a while ago? I think it was mid-December. had him on the show, the last show of the year in 2022 talking about galaxy what's going on with them obviously things have been really quiet they have a lot to navigate right building a social platform the sending and receiving of tokens all these different types of things and the potential for um you know later on allowing creators to mint their own tokens and potentially you know the the purchasing of crypto with credit cards, we saw them testing that functionality with their Miro drop or Miro drop or however you pronounce it. They did an NFT drop and I think it was October where they did you know, some NFTs you could purchase. Minted on Hedera, but I purchased mine instead of going to a launch pad and connecting my hash pack or, or Blade or whatever wallet I, I have and connecting it and doing a mint. I literally, I'm in Canada, I typed in my debit card or my credit card. Into the website, the minting launch pad, and I bought an NFT, and, you know, and it's in my hash pack right now. It was insane. So they're working on some cool stuff, but they've been quiet, right? And I've seen some rumblings from them. I, they, it does feel like things are happening over there. Recent thing the Galaxy token CLXY is now listed on Bitrex Global. So a new exchange listing for Galaxy token. Updates are happening. Updates are coming. I mean, keep your eye on Galaxy. They're, they are also an OG use case. And they do get a lot of flack because um, they're building for a very broad audience. Again, they're building for people that want to use these technologies and not know that they're using Web3. But as I, you know, the conversation I had with Solo, you know, CEO of Galaxy on, on you know, Episodes past, all of this is on Hedera. Galaxy Token minted on Hedera. Um, the operations and functions of their platform and, and Creator's Galaxy Protocol running in, on Hedera. When you go into the app and you request, let's say, a creator to record you a video, much like maybe you went on Cameo, that's minted as an NFT. That's a part of an atomic transaction that exchanges crypto for um, uh, a piece of content from a creator and it happens in a DM, right? So they're doing some really innovative stuff. They have a lot to they have a lot to focus on. There's a lot happening. Update's coming. That's all I'll say. I'm keeping an eye on it. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know what's coming. All I know is something's coming. I'm keeping my eye on it. Humans.ai. What's that? Uh, well, it's ai and on the you know on the network on web3 and nfts and all these different types of things what's going on so humans.ai or humans.ai or however you want to call it is basically this platform that leverages um you know blockchains to give ownership for things that are ai related and i'll give you a couple examples so um So they have this AI-verse, right? That's kind of like this metaverse, but it's an AI-verse, you know, you get it, with um, different uh, things that you can do. So for example, you can speak any language, right? Leveraging AI to do real-time translation and different things like that. Uh, Create the Web 3, right? Become involved with artificial intelligence. Um, Create your own metaverse avatar. So, um, you know, you can basically work like the much like you do with like Dolly or something like that, right. Creating this kind of content and owning it, Um, create the voice of your community. So this is something really, really interested. Um, And I'll just read an excerpt from this article. Um, By harnessing the power of the AI verse, you can combine the voices of your community to create a new and unique voice. The same technology enabled humans.ai to create 10,000 unique synthetic voices. So is that, you know, <clears throat> taking your all of your collectors and creating a unified voice based off of what's on their mind and how they talk, Is that creating and branching out a bunch of new um, entities that have their own voice based off of a group of people? All these different types of things. Also, <clears throat> you can do things like use our artificial intelligence to bring new life to NFTs, for example, let's say you have a board a black yacht club or something. It's open in its mouth. It's saying some stuff. It's doing some things. It's kind of cool. Also, um, they've got Human Studio, which, quote, your personal AI assembly line, where you can play with the technology and surprise the world with your creations. Human Studio is a core component of the AI-verse that enables anybody, regardless of their technical prowess, to, uh, to or the hardware they own, to put together multiple AI components and create pieces of synthetic media purposely tailored to serve their needs and ideas. So it's basically... Um taking the concept of all of these fun things we've been doing with, you know, chat GPT and Dolly and like all these AI things that we're kind of just like making things and throwing them out into the ether and like nothing really happens with them and bringing that kind of ownership components, these types of things. So exciting stuff. Um, what's more exciting is um, they're announcing uh, basically they're going to be leveraging the Hedera network for this stuff, which makes sense. Um, And they're doing this through a partnership uh, with um, European Deep Tech Startup. What's the name of it? Let me go to the the HBAR Foundation tweet here. I'll have to scroll down quite a bit. Where are we? Humans.ai. I'm a human and I'm using the internet. I should be asking the AI for this. Where is it? There we go. Uh, They don't mention the partnership. They're partnered with a deep tech company, folks. They're leveraging Hedera. It's AI, Web3 avatars, NFTs, all this kind of stuff. Honestly, I feel like I'm personally behind the ball on all the AI stuff, to be honest with you. I've been so busy working on some stuff in the Hedera ecosystem. Every time I see one of these updates when it comes to AI stuff, I'm like – you know, when did this happen? Right. Just the name of the spaces this week, but it's going to be happening on Hedero. So it's kind of cool. Humans AI, uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, Lehman Baird, Lehman Baird. So Lehman has been hard at work. He's been at swirls. They've been, he's, you know, he's been very clear. They're hiring people. They're working on things like DREC. They're working on these hips, like patches was talking about. Um, lots of things are happening and, Lehman is continuing to think really big. We saw his interview that he did with BitBoy recently. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. Um, a few different you know, insights and tidbits from that. But he recently did an interview with um, another you know, smaller show, smaller than BitBoy, but I'd have to say probably one of Lehman's best interviews yet. Not because he said things that we haven't heard before, but it was about how he was speaking. It was very energetic it was very I don't want to say no I'm not gonna say bullish but it was very like um, intense like there was an intensity there like uh, maybe I'll call it passion um, I think that you know when we look at the heads of a lot of networks when we look at ethereum or Cardano or any of these L ones that have um, very uh, very present uh, with founders with a big presence right? Lehman is kind of not like that. He's not doing a whole lot on Twitter, right? He's he's kind of just like in his office, like working on math problems and like working away on stuff. It's it's kind of refreshing that he's not trying to build, you know, a personal brand um, or like selling a book or something. It's kind of cool. But when he's on these shows, um, he you know he talks about what's happening and all these kinds of things, but this episode, like he was leaning into it, and he was like really kind of making some some statements and I'll read a couple I, I just saved a couple quotes from the interview that I want to read from you. Uh, take from it what you will. Um, so the first quote is for, you know that Lehman said on this uh, show, and it, the show Neil Hughes it's the Neil Hughes Daily Tech show. Check it out if you haven't already. Lehman says quote. We are focused on the goal of having a hundred year project that is the utility for the entire planet, the trust layer of the internet. This is what we're doing. Now, you know, we've heard this before, right? Um, it's on the website, it's on Hadera.com, all these types of things. But it's just the way that he said it, the fact that he's saying it in a bear market, there's just something behind the scenes that's happening, that's giving. I've, I find that a lot of times in interviews, folks like Lehman and Shane from the H-Bar Foundation and Mans from Swirls and um, you know uh, Brett McDowell from Hedera and all these different types of things, they're a little lukewarm just because they have to be. They're very conservative with what they say. But um, again, uh, it was last year, I think November or something. Uh, Shane and Mance were both on an interview with the H-Bar Bowl. And I was talking about just the tone was so much more forward and tense and confident, right? Where I was like, something must be happening. We really had a feeling that something was happening, right? And then, boom, January hits, Atom IO goes live. So this is just kind of like a, a different Lehman that I'm seeing, or maybe an older Lehman. It reminds me of the Lehman in the uh, Harvard Tech Talk. Also, he says, um, don't get distracted by good news and bad news. Um, and you know, I just wanted to highlight that quote cause I think it speaks to kind of the core values and ethos of Hedera. It's like, um, I'm a big believer in this kind of, you know, uh, vibe as well. You know, ignore all the good news about what's happening with what you're doing. Ignore all the bad news about what's happening and only pay attention to things that are repeated, right? If, if, if something is said over and over and over again, pay attention to that because it's probably something that matters. But clearly Lehman is not paying attention to good news or bad news. He's just focusing on building some stuff and making hips and doing all sorts of crazy things. Also, he said, not that everything we do will be done on a ledger, but ledgers will be a part of everything we do. That was a really succinct way of talking about mass adoption and those different types of things. Right. So that was a great thing. But the most interesting thing from his interview is something that he's done before. Lehman, why are you doing this to us? Lehman said, you need very decentralized governments. We have 28 very different organizations that you know, right? 28 very different organ. There's 27. There's 27 members of the governing council, not 28. We do know that Shane had a talk last year said that there are three new governing council members that have already been approved by the membership committee coming to hedera then we saw aberdeen join the governing council and um you know i was like is this one of the three it wasn't we still have three new governing council members in the pipeline that have been approved that we're waiting to join the governing council and it's also been stated in that interview that I talked about from uh, last year that was Shane and Mance, that there are 30 governing council members in total in the pipeline. So Lehman says there's 28 when there's 27. Does that mean that we're close to seeing a new governing council member join? Well, it wasn't too long ago that Mance mentioned that we had 27 governing council members uh, when at that time we had 26, right? And then a couple of weeks later, snap of the finger, we got Aberdeen. So, What does this mean? I don't know. What does history tell us? When there's a slip-up like this, it probably means that something's in the pipeline and they've been talking about having 28 behind closed doors when there's 27 publicly. It's just a classic slip of the tongue. We're going to see a new governing council member soon, obviously, maybe sooner than later. And that's the interview. The link to the interview is in the Twitter thread. Check it out. Um, There was also another interesting interview uh, with uh, an independent board member from Hedera, Monique Morrow. And she said some stuff that was really interesting. So this conversation was was on the Gossip About Gossip podcast with Zenobia, um, head of marketing uh, for Swirls or public relations. I think, you know, she's tag teaming it with Christian. And on that interview, Monique says some really, really interesting things. So, and I just, again, I'm going to share a couple quotes here. So the first quote is, you know, Zenobia was talking about um, what's your takeaway from Davos? Obviously, Hedera had a good presence. There's a lot of people learning about the network, all these different types of things. Um, what do you feel now after Davos? And Monique says, if they don't know about Hedera, they do now. So who's they? Well, obviously, Davos is you know, presidents, billionaires, Right. Industry leaders, CEOs, all these different types of things. Look at the governing council. We got Google, IBM, their peers, right? Th- these governing council members were talking about their peers, CEOs of major corporations, leaders of major, gov- major governments, billionaires. So that's what that's what, who they are, right? If, if they don't know about Hedera, they do now. That's a pretty bold statement. Um, and, quote, we have a lot to follow up on. So obviously there's a lot of new ground broken at Davos and there's a lot that they're going to be following up on. And we've heard this talked about, there's going to be a lag time. Um, I brought up a quote also a couple of weeks ago on the show after Davos from um, someone in a group chat of mine that, you know, has a background and, you know, being on Wall Street in the 80s and has been in Hedera deep for a long time and all these different types of things, lots of knowledge. And, and he, his sentiment was basically um, it's about the committee money. When you see all these folks at Davos, right, they, right, that Monique's talking about, learning about Hedera, understanding what it's about, the folks who are going to invest is people on committees, right? So these people, boots on the ground at these conventions, go back to these committees pitch Hedera, and maybe they they start taking a closer look. Maybe they start investing, right? So there's going to be a lag time. The ROI on Davos will be lagging a little bit, but we'll see it. Um, And a couple other things um, that Monique highlighted on the interview that is really interesting is she highlighted that um, not only – Are they now having or have been having conversations with policymakers being, you know, folks that make laws and are participating in the governance of countries and these different types of things and and governments, Um, you know, they also have those folks within Hedera, as we've seen in the past, you know, people have joined the board, have joined that organization that have the experience for these different policymaking, um, you know, Uh, toolkits, right? Understanding how those things work. So um, she also made it clear, Monet made it clear that those conversations are happening. Hedera is a participant when it comes to policymaking. And it's not like it's devs or marketing people or representatives from Hedera, spokespeople having these conversations. It's policymakers, right? So um, Hedera has these folks, within the organization. So that's really, really great to hear. And the key takeaway from this interview that I think um, is going to be a big trend, a lot of people talk about the trend this year being utility. A lot of people say the next bull run is going to be a utility bull run. Any of these tokens that are utility backed. But honestly, I'm starting to think more and more that um, it's going to be a governance bull run or could be, we will have one, but I've heard this before. I've heard Lehman say this. I've heard other people say this. I've heard people on other networks say this too, that there's a crisis of governance in web three, right? Basically saying that, you know, blockchain is not super decentralized, right? It's a couple groups that make these types of decisions. And we see this kinds of things over and over again, Ethereum, you know, it's, it's not super decentralized. Um, so the governance aspect <clears throat> is really important. And there is a crisis of governance. And what Monique said on this interview is, we haven't. Which again is a pretty bold statement, right? When you see these people talking about these topics in the Web3 space, the crisis of governance, and the positioning of Hedera as an organization, again, as Monique put it, They have it, right? They have the, you know, 27 or 28 governing council members of people that we know, right? Hedera's in a good position. Governance, Lehman, Baird, Monique, shout out to those two. Solid interviews. Check them out. The links are in the thingy at the top of the spaces. Um, If you're listening, you know – give this a share the more the merrier we still have a couple things to talk about i do have one last fun announcement to mention um so moving on shout out to Hedera um because they revamped their discord um anyone in the web3 space knows that communities live in discord for better or for worse that's where they are and you know Hedera has a community um the Hedera community lives in a bunch of discords right for different NFT projects, um, different wallets, different apps, DEXs, all these different types of things, right? They all have discords. And the Hedera Discord for a very long time was developer-focused. It wasn't really community-focused. It wasn't really a hangout spot. And it was really like disappointing because in the Hedera Discord you have Folks from Swirls, you have folks from Hedera, you have folks from the HBAR Foundation. You have all of these people you can reach out to. And now they've revamped the Discord. It's a new vibe. You can go in there as a regular Joe, say hello to people. Folks from Hedera and Swirls and HBar Foundation are in there. Other folks from you know major projects on Hedera are also in there. So it's a great place to have like a, a nice streamlined conversation, getting right down to the brass tacks on a lot of things, talking about the network, talking about what to do, who's building what, um, what do you need help with, all those different types of things, but also a place for community, right? To, to engage and connect and, you know, keep up with things. So big shout out. They also had their first um, community call on February 2nd, um, which I was really happy to be on um, to share some updates from the, uh, DAO working group for Hedera, the DeFi Alliance, and uh, a new NFT working group um, on that call with some other folks from Hedera and Swirls and HBAR Foundation. So check it out. It's a great spot. They're going to be doing community calls. And I highly encourage people that are building in the network or participating in it or just super curious about it, get in that Discord. Those community calls are full of nuggets of information and knowledge. Another big update is the Hedera network just passed 40 million TVL, total value locked. So that means that there's 40 million, again, American schmackeroons worth of stuff locked on the network. Um, and when you break it down, again, I took this screenshot yesterday. Stater um, has 90, uh, they have... They have, they have a large majority of the total value locked. Saucer Swap, um, Helly Swap, Pangolin. Um, you know they've got they've got it on lock, folks. Um, Forty million TVL, and again, that's huge. We're talking about mid-August was zero, zero TVL, right? We saw Hedera, right? Uh, not. Last year, but 2021, I believe. Rock it up to that 40, 50 cents, right? That was with zero TVL. We got 40 million now, right? Again, five, six months, zero to 40 million. That's big. Where does it go from here, right? Could be a little bit of an exponential effect. Shout out to the DeFi community. We're doing it. We're doing it. I'm farming, I'm staking, I'm, I'm liquidity, I'm, 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 I'm liquid, I'm illiquid, I'm moving things, I'm trading things, I'm swapping things. And it's costing me pennies. And it's not killing the planet. It's cool. Um, also, a cool thread, I'm not going to dive into it, but I wanted to just highlight a, th- a thread. This is great. It's a thread included in the thread Pins the top of this spaces a little bit of inception action here, but it's a really great read um, from Dr. Drez that basically highlights partnerships that Hedera has formed with several companies in the healthcare industry. We've talked about this before, right in web three or, you know, there are use case, the majority of, of web three use cases um, are, you know, low transaction, right? That's what we've seen in in Web3 so far. They don't need thousands or hundreds of transactions per second, right? And things like Avery Dennison, where it's like supply chain or coupons, these different types of things. Yeah, these are really high transaction use cases that couldn't be done before, but now can happen on Web3 on Hedera. But the medical industry and the healthcare industry is really interesting because I don't think necessarily these would be High throughput use cases, but we've talked previously about how Hedera could be leveraged for the healthcare industry. Um, and this thread highlights some people who might be using it, which is really cool to check out. So if you're curious about the healthcare industry or you're in it, or you just want to, you know, turn over another stone and discover some breadcrumbs, uh, check it out. Um, now let's see what else is there to talk about. We got, a couple more things to talk about we got a couple more things to talk about um a couple other milestones again this is full of milestones this is the theme of the spaces when did this happen hedera is one of the fastest growing quote smart chains which basically me and this is um uh, this is from naked crypto data on twitter that tracks um development activity um one of the metrics is the number of lines of code added and deleted, basically the simplest way of saying how much stuff is being written um, for the network. is number three, right? Coming up against pretty close to Cosmos and Everscale. And when it comes to number of lines of code added, just added, is number four, just behind Ethereum, just behind Everscale, just behind Cosmos. So, um, you know, it, that's kind of crazy. That's another, that's another metric uh, that's really exciting. Um, and there's some other kind of breadcrumbs and stuff too to talk about before we wind things down. Um, we've got Bank Social working on some different stuff. And I wanted to have John on. I mean, John's busy. I had him on last episode to talk about some stuff, but I wasn't really aware of what they've been working on. And from what I can understand is let me just uh pull up um my dm um uh from basically from what i've gathered they're making a stable coin and crypto lending credit union with rusd being proof of reserve so essentially kind of like in a dow capacity folks can get together provide liquidity to issue loans to entities and individuals and stuff. So this is some big stuff. I mean, I don't want to speak too much to it. I just wanted to highlight it. Um, and when I do get a chance to have John back on the show to elaborate a little more on this, but I want to bring folks attention to it. It's, it's something that I think is off to the side of where everyone's attention is at. Like not, you know, credit unions, you know, not super exciting, um, all these different types of things, but it's big stuff. Um, and I want to highlight something in particular that he said on a recent interview that I watched. Um, John, you know, from Bank Social that really makes sense to me. And he explained why some of the traditional finance world may be slow to move on Web3. And it's simply this. Let's look at two major, um, entities, right? JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs. Both have expressed interest in crypto, and Web3 stuff, yada, yada, yada. J.P. Morgan going as far as to experiment minting their own J.P. Morgan token. And he said something that actually makes a ton of sense. He said, um, what we need is we need the, the decentralized component in finance. And what that means is that a J.P. Morgan token would work in Goldman Sachs world, right? Goldman Sachs token would work in Citigroup world. And that's really interesting to me. And he said, probably that's not in the cards, at least in the short term, they're all going to want to have their own system. That's how it works. That's how things function. And, you know, I wanted to highlight that and I wanted to highlight this because, you know, I think that's an important perspective. And again, just to emphasize this, Christian Hasker, head of marketing for Swirls, ex-Hedera, tweeted this. Um, and just a bit of backstory. I mean, Christian went on a, on a trip to Dallas to hang out with Manson Lehman and catch up on stuff and meet about some things. He got delayed because of the crazy weather. And he tweets, one of the big pluses being stuck in Dallas was I got to meet John in person. John being you know, from Bank Social. And I got to meet him with Manson Lehman and hear about all the cool things he's doing with Bank Social on Hedera. If they pull off half of what they're planning uh, to do, it's going to be incredible. So clearly something big is happening at Bank Social. It's a mystery. I want to learn more. John, let me know there's a lot they can't talk about. I want to talk about what they can talk about. Gosh darn it. John, hit me up. I'm really interested to hear more. I want to know what's going on. I'm curious. Every time I talk about Bank Social, people are going nuts. Um, I don't even know if they're real accounts, um, but they are. Like these are real people, and they're just like excited about about Bank Social. I don't know. People are are psyched up about it. Um, so, Dovu, uh, as we talked about two, three, three episodes ago, maybe four. I had uh, Matt. Uh, CTO of Dovu on the show, talking about stuff they're working on. One of the things I asked them about was a tweet that they posted January 21st. Quote, more partnership news to come during the first week of February. We're building. TikTok, it's February 5th. Big partnerships, it's time. We're on, I guess, I don't know. if. Let me know. Does this first week that we just passed, does that qualify as the first week of February? I don't think so. I think he means this week. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled for Dovu. From, based on what they say, we're going to be expecting some, some partnership news uh, to come next week out of Dovu. So all eyes on Dovu, breadcrumbs. we got enough breadcrumbs to make a whole loaf, feels like. Um, and what else? Do we have anything else to talk about? Of course, we've got Ledgerworks um, that is bringing real-time Hedera account activity notifications to your Discord server or email address. So they have a new product called Sentry where you basically go to the platform, you hook it up, and you can specify a Hedera account and receive alerts for activity on that account through either a Discord webhook or your email. So in context, let's say I'd love to get updated on activity on my Hedera account. I'd love to know when something happens in my email. So you can go and set that up. Let's say I want to monitor another account, right? You can do that too. So this is a product, Sentry from LedgerWork. There's a video demo that I have shared to, again, the thread pins at the top of the spaces. It's really cool. This is something I've been looking for. I want to receive alerts for certain account activity um, on a couple accounts that I have. This seems like a good way to do it. Um, And... It's great to see. I mean, Ledgerworks is doing a bunch of really cool stuff. So check it out. Dive into it. Also, shout out to HBAR Suite. They launched an NFT DEX, which basically means you can create pools of NFTs paired with HBAR. So it essentially takes the floor price of an NFT and you put in an equivalent amount of HBAR according to the floor price. And you effectively, like you would on a regular DEX, have a liquidity pool of token A and token B. And, you know, you provide liquidity to market instead on this NFT decks, instead of token A and token B, you have NFT and HBAR in a liquidity pool. So very interesting. Very cool. It's a very new thing. Um, and it's from HBAR Suite. They have it live and you can check it out and play around with it. I think they also have a, a, a you know video demo that you can watch if you want to learn more. So. I'm curious about it. I'm interested. I don't quite get it yet, but I think that it is obviously something that people are excited about. I'm seeing that there are liquidity pools for some NFT collections on there, so groovy. It's groovy. Um, and one mention before we start to wrap up is our last news item of the day is regarding Hashing Times. What is Hashing Times? So. It's from Generation Infinity, Genfinity, um, also frequent guest of the show, King Solomon. His team last year in October put on Hedera Ween, which saw um, over, I think it was 350,000 HBAR worth of prizes given to the community. Also, we saw 6,000 new mainnet accounts created, um, which is essentially new HBAR barbarians hopping into the community. So that was crazy. Now they're doing Hash and Tines. They've got a quarter million H barn prizes um, with over 30 projects, over 130 NFTs and project tokens. Um, it happens February 11th and 12th. Um, so this coming weekend. And it runs uh, each day, 1130 a.m. Eastern to 2.30 p.m. Eastern. So um, it's a vibe. Hash and Tines. Tines days. Check it out. Get looped in. Um, my project, Pixel Rug, is going to be giving away a custom series rug. Basically, the winner is going to work with me to design a 3D NFT metaverse rug of their dreams. Um, so make sure to tune in, enter. I should be speaking on that, too. So it'll be fun. It'll be a party. It's Tines. I love you all. Um, so <clears throat> as I said, my you know my main announcement at the top of the show is... This show is also coming to Spotify podcasts and Apple podcasts as well. I've had people request it. It's still going to be live. It's basically going to be the recording from Twitter spaces put on Spotify and Apple podcasts. I don't sound great. My audio quality isn't great. It's coming from my, you know, wired Apple earbud headset into my phone and, you know, jammed through the tubes into Twitter spaces, um, but it is going to mean that you don't have to be on Twitter spaces to listen to the recording. A lot of people want to listen to the show, and they can't make it to listen to it live, so they love listening to the recording. But also, there's a lot of people that just don't have Twitter or aren't on Twitter or don't get it or whatever. They, they love having it in their little podcast world. This is basically a podcast. What I'm doing is a live podcast. Why isn't it on Spotify and Apple podcasts? Um, I don't know, but it's going to be there now. Um, so in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to, you know, start doing that. You'll also start to see each episode have its own uh, blog post on itsbrandond.com that'll have all the information for each episode. So it'll be much more of an archive, uh, much more accessible but it's business as usual. If you're listening to this on Twitter Spaces and listening to the recording on Twitter Spaces, nothing's going to change. It's going to be the exact same. Um, but we're going to have some new listeners from outside, right? And and if you're using, you know, Spotify or Apple Apple Podcasts to listen to stuff like this, and you know, sometimes I, I'll have to admit, Twitter Spaces is sometimes a little glitchy or um, isn't as convenient. Well. Now you can get it on those other platforms. So I'll keep you updated. Keep an eye out for uh, you know, official announcement um, when that is live. I'll maybe try to have a couple older episodes to start off with so you can you know, go back and listen to those. Um, also, my other very special announcement um, is regarding uh, music. As a lot of folks know, I'm a musician. I'm a drummer. I'm a singer. Um, and I do a lot of stuff. Also, I'm a, uh, NFT creator, right? I've got an NFT project. Um, I'm doing things, I'm moving and shaking. Um, so, uh, my company Dirksen and Davenport Incorporated, uh, which works with a lot of, um, you know, folks in the Hedera community and, and projects and stuff to help them tell their stories through, you know, branding and content and marketing and development and all these different types of things. um, We are also, like, my business partner, Joshua, and I, you know, Joshua Dirksen, and I'm Brandon Davenport, and, you know, we basically, at Dirksen and Davenport, we've been working with, you know, hundreds of artists over the last 10 years, and, you know, obviously startups and businesses and all that other stuff, Um, but, you know, we record records in studios, right, We, we publish records for artists, we do sync licensing stuff, we... Uh, put on shows. You know, we do all these different types of things and we love working with artists. And for a long time, Hedera was, it's kind of been the wild west. We've been building, we've been developing, the infrastructure hasn't quite been there, but it is here now. Artists can come into Hedera and get stuff done. So we're going to be focusing this year on um, bringing some new artists into Hedera working with people that we work with helping elevate and assist other artists in the ecosystem. But most importantly um, what we've done in the past is, you know, Josh and I were both in bands or we were in bands. Uh, we toured together, rock and roll bands. Like we, we, you know, for lack of a better term, we eat our own dog food. If we're going to say we help artists do X, Y, and Z, like we literally also just do that because we love it. So if we're going to say that we're going to help musicians and artists in Hedera publish their music, right? We should probably put a song out. So that's what we're going to be doing. I'm not going to share any more. I don't even know if Joshua is okay with me saying that we're going to be putting out a song yet. Um, but it's pretty clear. I mean, I shared a a post to the to the spaces here at the top. Just, you know, do me a favor, check it out. Get ready um, and keep an eye on Dirksen and Davenport on Twitter. That's us. It's a clip of us in the studio. We were recording some stuff. I was back on the drums. Josh was back on the old guitar recording some rock and roll. If, if people don't know, Joshua Dirksen did the, the hash shanty that a lot of people love. Um, and I minted that sucker to the main net. So we're just happy to be recording music together again, working with people in the ecosystem. We've got a, we've got a couple really awesome, great clients that we have right now. So, Um, just wanted to give that a quick plug and let people know that music is coming. I'm dropping some stuff starting with this, whenever it's coming. I don't know when it's coming. We don't have a date yet, but it is coming. It's recorded. It sounds great. It's fantastic. And I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but I think you'll like it. That's enough. I got to stop talking before Joshua gets mad at me. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode, or I'm going to have some angry messages, not angry messages, some stern messages in Slack. I will. I didn't even tell him I was going to do this. Don't be mad at me, Joshua. I love you. So what's the takeaway for this week? Um, Kind of what I was saying at the top of the show, and it's the title of the spaces. when did this happen? Um, Get used to this. I think that for folks on other networks, um, much like, you know, we were speaking with Sonia earlier from Orbis 86 and a lot of people that have had on the show from other networks, um, a lot of those other networks are really big and they've done more than us. Right. And they have a lot of things happening. And the sense that I get from those spaces, is they're constantly asking like, what's going on? Tell me what's going on. Like it's, it's, it's there's so much happening. It's a struggle to keep up the, uh, th- these other networks, you know, host strictly shill spaces just because they want to know like what's going on and filter these things out. There's so much happening. And they often ask themselves, you know, when did this happen? You know, stuff happens so quick. And on Hedera for many years, I wouldn't say things have been slower, but we're, we're tiny. Like we're, we we were a very tiny community and very close knit. Um, and there was a certain flow to it. And a lot of people within Hedera, you know, Hedera was their first network they were a part of, their first Web3 community they were a part of, and there and. As these things pick up, as things speed up, as things increase, as things grow, it can start to become a little overwhelming, right? And you're going to start to ask yourself more and more, when did this happen, right? It's the FOMO. It's these different types of things. You're looking around, you see folks are minting this, or um, this project is doing that. And you just sit around, and you're like, I missed the boat. When did this happen? That's what I felt this week. That's why I called the spaces this, because as I was keeping track of the news, I was just, I said to myself, like, I think I, I think I was literally on my phone, um, scrolling through some updates and stuff that I had been sent. I just said to myself, like, when did this happen? Like, this is so cool. And I had no idea what was going on. And usually I'm pretty on top of this stuff. Um, but that's the way it's going to be. Get used to it. That's my advice. You're going to miss out on a lot because you can only do so much. You only have so much attention to spend. So, Get comfortable, get knowledgeable, and focus on what matters. And what I will say is now, as I said, I I think I said this a couple episodes ago. What I am focused on right now is the fundamentals again. Last year was so fun and so crazy. We saw NFTs pop online. We saw DeFi come online. We saw staking. We saw all these crazy things happen. It was so exciting felt like I was in a big whirlwind of excitement. But this year, going back to first principles, what's happening on the test net? What are people testing out? Lehman Baird said years ago, watch the test net because generally what happens on the test net will happen on the main net. So I'm watching the test net. I'm watching the main net. I'm using websites like Metrica to see data of what's happening on the main net. Right? How many transactions? What types of transactions? How many accounts? What topic IDs are happening? What tokens are being minted? What's going on? Right? I'm also watching the price of HBAR again. Right? I'm also keeping an eye on um, these, you know, the, as I was talking about the Hedera Discord, it's been revamped. There's activity in there. I'm listening to what people are building. And most importantly, what I think people should focus on is learning about HIPs, Hedera Improvement Proposals. Again, the Hedera Improvement Proposal is the only way that we have to change how Hedera works, right? I was able to do a little piece of that with HIP 412 for NFT standards. I was part of a group, and it's so exciting and rewarding um, to do that. And so many people have so many great ideas um, that I hear all the time about ways to improve the network. And the, again, the only way to do this is through a Hedera improvement proposal. There's a process. Um, sometimes, like Patches was talking about earlier, sometimes these hips require approval of the governing council themselves. So Patches worked on an NFT or, or sorry, a, a HIP that is going to require approval of, again, Avery Dennison, Google, IBM, Aberdeen, LG, right? That's big stuff. This, these are these are big things. Um, so I would encourage everybody, learn about the HIP process, right? Because it's one of the most important things about Hedera that I think has remained mysterious for a long time. and shouldn't be, right? It's very important. So educate yourselves on it. There's a lot to read on it. Um, it's not super user-friendly, but just read up on it. There's also, I think there's some videos of folks explaining it, which is really helpful. I think actually Hedera, if you go to the Hedera YouTube channel, I think they published a video of a developer advocate talking you through the HIP process. But take time, learn about it. It's really, really important because one day you're going to have a really great idea for how to make Hedera better. And it would be doing all of us a disservice if you didn't know how to make it happen. Right? So check it out, get into it. And, you know, again, before we go, the two big announcements are this show is coming to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and I've got something exciting happening, music related with my company, Dirksen and Davenport, and my best friend, Joshua Dirksen, who we make music together and haven't in a while, and we're doing it again. So I'm really happy that info is pinned to the top of the spaces. The thread for everything we talked about is pinned to the top of the spaces. Um, I think I'm pinned to the top of the spaces by now. Um, but with that, oh, also, too, real quick, uh, another quick announcement. Uh, next episode, my guest will be. Um, Citadel wallet. So there is a new hardware wallet um, launching on Hedera and it's going to support NFTs and like all these different types of things. It's basically Ledger created just for Hedera going deep into the network, all those different types of things. I'm curious about it. Um, I want to know what's going on with it. How's it going to work? What does it look like? Um, How big is it? Uh, What can I do with it? What is this all about? So I want to figure it out Next week, tune in. I'll be speaking with HBAR to the moon from uh, Citadel Wallet. We're going to get to the bottom of it, folks. We're going to figure out what the heck is going on. So that's next week. But for now, thank you so much for tuning in to Hashgraph News and Rumors, Episode 63, When Did This Happen? On Twitter Spaces, where we talk about the top stories covering everything related to HBAR and Hedera Hashgraph every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right? Add it to your calendar. It's every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Make sure to join the Hashgraph Enthusiast Twitter community. Uh, share your insights, ask questions, invite new friends. And if you'd like to support the growth of the show, feel free to send an HBAR donation to enthusiast.hbar, brought to you by listeners like you. I appreciate everyone tuning in, and I'll see you next Sunday, again, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. You can check out the rest of my stuff on itsbrandond.com. I'm going to leave this spaces open because if you see somebody in here you don't recognize, follow them. Send them a DM. Say hello, right? Um, If you see someone that you recognize, maybe you haven't talked to them in a bit, reach out. Take a minute right now in the spaces. Hit up their DMs. Say, what's going on? What's new? Let's stay connected. Let's keep learning. Let's stay connected. So... Um, with that, thank you so much, everybody. Again, I'm going to leave this running for a little bit just to give everyone a chance to, you know, check in with everybody that you see here listening. Um, and with that, hello future. Goodbye past.